I'm going to hand it over to myself and Matthew Ship, and then I'll jump back on and uh, I'll give you a tune, and then uh, we're going to hear some more talking. So uh, thanks for listening. Again, this is CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Donovan. Happy to be hosting Jazzy Forum tonight. And i uh, got a lot of very exciting things happening, as usual, in Montreal and in the Montreal jazz community. So check it out. Again, this is me speaking to Matthew Ship over the phone. And um, that's all you need to know. And we're going to hear a track from him in the middle of the interview. So uh, check it out. I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about um, how, like, over the years and decades and through all these collaborations that you've um, you've kept yourself, like, fresh and... Um, I think you managed to always put a Matthew Ship stamp whenever you're playing on something. Um, how do you think you've uh, sustained that over the course of your career? Um, well, freshness, as, as far as really, you know, being open to the moment and and trying not to become a, a cliche of yourself is a very hard thing to do in, in improvised music or in any music, you know, after a long period of time. And um, I, I guess the best way to get you it's a mindset you have to really kind of be really um enthused about the process of making music and what that entails and you must also um yes it's it's a mindset Mm -hmm. there's no other way to explain it because i mean everything around the music world the business aspect of it and all that you know can be very tiresome and you're it's very easy to get very cynical about hmm. the whole being involved with this and and you know it's i mean just because the world in general the whatever you know business-wise is around the music industry but as far as you know when you get on stage or in the studio and you're generating the music it's um it has to become kind of a religious thing to you that you're so invested in the process that it it kind of transcends the world around you and that, that's the best way to keep it fresh because um you know, it's a very hard it, you know i mean uh, that's it's a very hard thing to do but it it comes down to a personal commitment to your own language and i think as far as um putting your own stamp on it that's something that's just innately inside of you that mm. you've been cognizant of and, and have worked on being able to always do that but it's something that you can't force either. It's something that's kind of there. And um, again, it's a mode of being and a mode of thought. So, I mean, you kind of just described music sort of as an escape from uh, the noise around you. Would you say that that's accurate? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, on one level, it is that but on another level it, it, it it's not so much an escape because you're mm-hmm. it's your world if you're doing it i mean that, that's kind of how you, you define your your existence or your reason for being in the planet and your contribution so you're escaping to yourself i mean especially since you had mentioned like putting your own stamp on something um i i guess you could say that yourself is embedded under loads of socialization, but it, it, it somehow you luckily get there, and and you you can put yourself out there in a in a certain way. Then it's not really escaping because I mean I guess you're escaping the noise. Yes, I guess you're escaping the noise of society and socialization to some point. But you know there's a point to be made that 
on a certain level that's in a metaphysical level that's not reality the noise of society so um i i guess it could be looked at as an escape it also can be looked at as um tr- tr- trying to really awaken the mind to what's important hmm. or, or it is some, you know so that's not so much as an escape as um, it is just whatever it is at, at your current age, would you say that you still try and like instigate changes to your approach to piano, or or do you think that the piano sort of grows naturally as, as you uh, move forward as a person? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I, th- I think in, in my case and the way I approach it, there's kind of a a subtext of language, kind of really deep in my psyche, and and once it takes root it's actually an alive force so mm. it kind of grows on its own way like any living process does i don't know if grow, a growth is it, it mutates it changes you know sometimes very little subtle things but over a period of time those subtle things add up to a little something different and you're all of a sudden in a little different place but that's that's a product of um having the language so deeply embedded having worked on it for so many years mm-hmm. over such a long period of time and then having that take over a life of its own it becomes an organism that like all organisms you know cells die or reborn or born and, and over a period of time things just kind of mutate and change on their own accord based on that i think another aspect of your career is your ability to like seek out really amazing collaborators and perhaps some that um are unexpected i mean you made an album with lp a, a really long time ago and even even more recently right. i think the bobby cap collaboration might not have been uh, super expected well it definitely wasn't expected from <laughs> me because a couple of years before that i didn't even know who he was <laughs> yeah. i mean i actually i i i kind of did i mean i you know i i, I had heard Gato, the Gato album he's on on ESP um, mm. years ago, and I, you know, knew the Archie Shep album, but but he wasn't like in my head because he had disappeared to Mexico for years, <laughs> you know, and then he just popped up again and he contacted me. Oh, but wow. um, what what was the actual question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to ask, like, what what sort of like draws you to a, a musician to collaborate with? Right. Well, I've been very lucky. I mean, I, I, I've been in a situation where I've been able to find a lot of um, very different people over a period of years to work my language with and through. And, um, you know, they're all, all the people I work with are extremely different and mm-hmm. they're all have a lot to offer. So, um, and the list goes on and on. I mean, I, you know, I can start from Rob Brown was the first person, the alto player I started playing with when I was in New York in the 80s. And um, you know, obviously the people I did my apprenticeship with, David S. Ware, Quartet, Roscoe Mitchell. Down to now, you know, I'm playing with Evil Perlman, tenor player a lot, Evan Parker, Darius Jones, um, and John Butcher, you know, of course. Yeah. And um, I... I, I uh, you know they're they're all unique. They're all different, and I guess you know our our similar spirit as far as that we're both we're all active currently. We're all mm. trying to you know discover our own language. We're all trying to 
push the envelope forward, whatever that means. Um, and we're all, we all have a certain sonic um, fearlessness and um, exploratory spirit, I guess. That's what brings us together. I mean, I, you know, mm. all I can say for myself is that I'm open to collaborating with people that I feel a kinship with. And luckily, they've, I've found them and they've found me. And, uh, you know, I've been able to foster a lot of great relationships and partnerships with people from all over the world, too. I mean, that's what's great about it. You know, Evil Perlman's from Brazil, John Butcher from UK, Evan Parker's UK based, um, you know, and then I, a lot of Americans I play with, obviously. But, um, uh, you know, there's just a lot to be said about shared language. And, um, and the people I collaborate with are different than me. I mean, it's not like, but we, we, we find areas that are, um, of our language that are in tune with each other and then try to build a complementary universe on that. And mm-hmm. that's been one of the great thrills about being involved with all this is all the different personalities I've been able to work with and learn from. I think like seeing through like communities and genre lines is also, is like a big theme for you. Um, I mean, even like, um, Henry Rollins of uh, Black Flag produced some of your records. <clears throat> do you do you think it's important to sort of like uplift uh, people of perhaps like different communities or people who um, maybe audience members wouldn't expect you to uh, have a shared language with? Right. Well, I, I think it's important to um, try to find what you have in common with people that from the outside it might look slightly different and to try to find those points of commonality because I mean there's uh, just as human beings there's you know very basic commonalities to begin with (laughs) and then you know once you start talking about jazz you know or some subset of jazz or 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 whatever or just you know the word modern music Mm. in and of itself as it denotes intersection of a lot of idioms um you know it's just really important to, to figure out where, where people you know where the common ground that's and mm. i that's uplifting in and of itself that you know but i mean i tend to the people other than the hip-hop projects and <laughs> i tend to work with people that are, are from my school of music pretty mm. i mean you know there's a, a very basic shared <laughs> point of view to begin with and then then we stretch out you know the the, uh, the electronic things were definitely yeah. A case of, of really spreading it. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> completely different. Hello, hello. You're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. <clears throat> That's cKT.ca on the internet. I've been uh, having this uh, David Ware and David S. Ware and uh, Matthew Ship duo concert that was re-released last year on Om Fidelity Records running underneath um, the interview that I did with Matthew Ship over the weekend, who is coming to Montreal, not playing with David S. Ware for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch over and hear a six-minute track from the last record of John Butcher, Thomas Len, and Matthew Shipp, the trio that is coming to Montreal on Monday evening uh, at, uh, I believe, Salarosa. 
Um, they'll be on around eight, uh, probably nine p.m. Um, but uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna hear the tune. We're gonna hear the tune Tien Shaf, Tien Sharf, uh, by that trio. And then um, I have a couple more minutes where uh, Matthew spoke specifically about that group in our interview, so uh, you can hear what the group sounds like, then get a little bit of a description of um, how they came together and sort of the things that Matthew likes pl- about playing in this group. And then I'll probably turn it over to the rest of that uh, concert with David S. Ware. Uh, it's been uh, it's been good good to underpin the interview, and uh, I think it'll it's it's going to be even better when it takes our full attention. But again, this track that we're about to hear is the trio that Matthew Ship is coming to Montreal with Thomas Len on analog synths and John Butcher is on um, saxophone. Uh, they released an a- album called Tangle. And this tune is called Tien Sharf, and then we'll hear from Matthew Ship his uh, side of the story and how this band came together afterwards. Uh, thank you for listening, and um, I hope you enjoy this uh, this new this layout for interviews. <laughs> Try and switch between talking and music as much as I can because I don't want anybody to get bored, and uh, <laughs> I don't think that's possible with uh, Matthew Ship at the piano. But uh, you know. I I don't know. (laughs) Here's this track. Check it out. Thank you. 
Maybe we could steer this towards the group that you're playing in Montreal with next week, uh, John Butcher and Thomas Len. Um, how did you guys get connected? Um, I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I mean, I've known Butcher for a while. And, mm. and actually, the way I became, years ago, the way I became aware of, of Butcher was through um, Joe Morris, mm. who had done it, did a duel with him in Boston years ago, and he um, just just mentioned to him that it, you know, he thought Butcher was one of the greatest read players on the planet. You know? <laughs> and, um, you know, so I checked him out after, and it's like, you know, I was really struck by his um, originality, his, his <laughs> command, his, his very austere thought process, and 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 um, you know he's just different. He's a lot different than kind of anybody out here. And I, <laughs> so I don't remember how we got hooked up. Um, it might have been through Trevor, the guy that runs the label. Um, um, we recorded for which right now the name of their labels escaping my brain but um it might have been through Trevor but but as far as that trio goes I didn't even know who Thomas was and John put that together mm. um I was doing a residency at um the Cafe Otto in London and um you know I, I was wanted to do an, one night with Butcher mm. and I think we were looking for different ideas you know, for a band, and he he came up with that idea, and I you know trust him, so I said cool, you know, and he said I think this will work. I think you guys, your sensitivities will, you know, and I I didn't even know who Thomas was, and I didn't know anything about him to the night of the gig, <laughs> but it, it really gelled, and it actually ended up being the first album that we did mm. that night, and um, you know, we've been playing ever since. So, and and Thomas is um. You know, as an electric, he's a pianist himself. So I mean, even uh -huh. though he's playing synthesizer and electronics, he really understands um, the piano and the attacks on the piano and, and, and mm -hmm. compositionally, kind of what a pianist would be going for in a situation like this. And um, he just has a great sensibility. I, I, I personally think that the sensibilities of, of the three people in this group mesh in a really 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 unique and beautiful way you know mm. to my sense of hearing it um so yeah yeah that's i it was so basically to answer your question it was put together for a concert that happened in london and it worked out really well so we've stayed together since i think the synthesizer gels pretty well with sort of your i i feel like another aspect of your playing is like sort of a cosmic energy to it and right, I think right. that works into the electronics well. Um, right, right. Well, especially with somebody like Thomas, who, who I mean, because if it was the wrong <laughs> player on that thing, you know, <laughs> that way, but he, he's just right, just right for this. And ha have you played uh, Montreal a lot? No, I mean, I, I don't know what a lot means. <laughs> I've been at um, the Casa a few times, mm. like about five or six, seven times. I don't know. And I've done the Montreal Jazz Festival two or three times. Yeah. Well, twice with David Ware, and mm -hmm. I think once a duo with William Parker, and once a duo with Joel Leandri. So, um, I mean, I've been up there a fair amount over the years, but not a lot, no. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, we're excited to uh, have you here. And um, maybe one final question. Um, moving, I, I mean, as you move forward, do you still have um, a lot of goals that you want to accomplish? 
Um, as I move forward, do I have goals? I, I have no goals. <laughs> my goal. I, I mean, my I have no goals now. I mean, I'm just trying to um, get through the day. <laughs> that that that's my goal. To get up, go to sleep at night, and then to wake up in the morning. Yeah, just uh, keep hitting, <laughs> keep hitting the piano, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I have no overarching goals anymore you know i i used to but i, I don't anymore no. <laughs> all right well uh going with the flow with uh matthew Schiff. <laughs> right. uh so yeah and that's uh th- thanks for talking to me today and um we're excited to have you in montreal next week uh next week cool all right cool looking forward see you man thanks a lot
Thank <laughs> you.